This is the Dandelion Roots podcast with brain injury survivor Isabella and her service dog, Mr. Figgles. Reconnecting to the world by deepening our roots into the soil of life, emerging from the darkness and blooming into the light. Our episodes will center around real life experiences on this healing journey of self-discovery with chit-chat over a cup of tea, deep insights, and performance poetry to bring hope and understanding to the deeper corners of the mind for all those who are struggling, regardless of their why. So join us for a sense of community on this journey into a new life. You know, anytime you have any kind of major injury, uh, life-changing, life-altering events that leave you so changed you don't recognize who you are anymore. You know, there's nothing about that process that doctors or psychologists or any type of therapist can prepare you for what you lose. And as you progress on your healing journey and you overcome challenges that felt absolutely insurmountable, And you overcame them anyway, or at least inched along, you know, moment by moment and day by day to get to the improved place that you're at now, regardless of how much or little improvement. No one prepares you for that healing process either. You know, as you start to get to, I don't want to say the other side of it, because I don't think there really is another side of it. There's simply a better place, more function, more acceptance, you know, and as you get to that part on your healing journey, now you've got to learn how to navigate new things as your function increases or your self-acceptance of where you're at increases. There's still more that you have to overcome, more to integrate. And it's this never ending process of learning and journeying through, you know, and there's nothing that really can prepare you for any of it at all. And so in reflection of my own journey, I wrote a poem that kind of, you know, goes through all of that. You know, there was, you you go back through my podcasts over the years and you'll see that, you know, when I first started out, I really had a lot of difficulties with speech and language and being able to really communicate um, what I have going on in my interior world. And then as time progresses, you know, through those podcasts, you're able to see, I gained more words. I gained more perceptions. I gained new perceptions of, you know, the beautiful world that surrounds us looking at it in a completely new way because I couldn't look at it in the old way anymore. And, you know, over the years, 
there was just so many struggles. And as I fought so hard to keep that struggle from leaking over into my professional life, there was only so much I could do about that. And, you know, I had a podcast about the point where I just had to come out and admit, you know, what was going on to the people around me outside my home and to have self-acceptance with where I was at and those challenges and that journey. And that was really, really hard. Um, cause there was a lot of self-acceptance that I had to go with that. And it was, it was physically painful as well as being emotionally painful. You know, the injury robbed so much from me. And it's so funny because no one really thinks about, you know, brain injury timelines and brain injury timelines for symptoms and recovery is very much like living the spiral of a nautilus shell. You know, you're going up and you're going down through that spiral staircase and you'll come back and you'll revisit new things, whether it be a new symptom or a new treatment and either something will work really well a second time or it won't work at all. But the timeline for brain injuries, it's very circular because you know, in those, that first year and a half, I had a lot of pain, a lot of migraines. I had a lot of difficulties, but I was still, I was still rather functional. And then there got to be the point where I really just had to call it quits on working two different jobs. And I had other injuries that compounded on top of that. Um, but I got to the point where I had to really recognize my limitations and that I couldn't function as a full administrative assistant, you know, managing a medical office anymore. And, you know, I had to go into, you know, what I had as my, my second career and which was still fledgling, was still fledgling, um, as an alternative health practitioner and uh, Reiki master and essential oil, you know, wellness advocate, and to take that and working with my reflexology and my trigger point and grow that little tiny baby business in the middle of all of that. And, you know, after the subsequent injuries, going back to school and getting my massage therapy license. And as my healing journey continued becoming a yoga instructor and taking all these modalities that helped me survive and bringing them out into the world in a way to help other people. And I think that was probably the biggest key, you know, to my healing process. But going back to the timelines of uh, brain injuries is that, you know, during that first year, year and a half, I was still rather functional before I had to really look at what my limitations were going to be long-term. And then there hit this point, you know, with the subsequent injuries compounding on top of that, and my body having to divert resources to heal from that, um, took me to a completely different place where I started to lose my language and my speech and my communication. And that was a struggle. So, you know, I saved up all of that function for when I was at work and then when I was at home, I had nothing. I had nothing left to give 
to my family and to my loved ones because I saved it all up for those little bits and pieces, you know, of work. Um, but then I would go through these phases where I would have great speech and great communication, and then I would lose it again. (laughs) And so it just goes to show that, um, once you've had a major trauma like that, you can't really anticipate what every single year is going to look like because there's going to be new challenges that come up that you're going to have to overcome and maybe some old challenges that you have to revisit and, um, and, in revisiting those finding out therapies that didn't work anymore. So you have to go out and learn something new. And I definitely, definitely had that as part of my process. I'm going to read this poem that I wrote that kind of, I think, takes you through the journey a little bit. And then I'm going to talk about um, what has really made the biggest difference this last year for me in working with a health coach. And everything came together so well that I am now looking at uh, the legalities of being able to add that health coach or wellness coach title to my repertoire, to my toolbox, to bring to my community. And um, so right now we're going with wellness and health advocate while I make sure, you know, do I need additional education or is the education I have so far suffice and I just need to structure it out on a curriculum vitae, which is like a resume for a professional um for professionals. We'll just leave it at that. And so, you know, it's an exciting new chapter and I want to share what brought me to this part of my journey, but I want, I want to do the poem first. Okay. Okay. So desolate, the world has become abandoned, isolated, a waste. Roadblocks are everywhere. These huge cement columns, boxes, all different shapes and sizes, they keep the words from flowing onto the page. Then the words are so many, I don't know how to articulate them into coherent sentences. It was easier when it was simpler and fewer options were at my disposal. I had to be creative to become clever. I took pride in my cleverness. And now I feel so ordinary. I remember how frustrating it was in the beginning, how hard I had to work, how easy it was to just repeat four letter words, you know what I'm talking about, when I couldn't come up with anything else. It was hard and anger dissolved into waterways of my own distress. But no one prepared me for healing either. For the multitude of options that would become available, there is such a thing as too many choices, too many to-dos, now that I expect more. More of myself, more of my productivity, more function, more responsibility. Simpler was hard, and it was easier. I took more time to discover the world, 
I lived in bliss, childlike wonder. I miss her already. Now the world is crystal clear, and I see how many took advantage of the sweet soul that had been in front of them. How they thought they quote-unquote pulled one over on her to get what they wanted. The only solace I have is in the knowing it will come back to them full circle. The consequences of their greed. Cynicism is trying to claw its way back in and all the voices that it hushed now clamor for room to speak. Assemblies are held within to seek which is actual counsel, what is fear, and how much of it is outdated programming. So much unlearning. So we can embrace the new, the better, the middle way. It is crowded in here again, and I just can't stop moving. This quote-unquote list is so long and ever-growing that sometimes I wish for the ability to forget it again. The trust I held was all-encompassing. I will find my way back to her again. My most pure self. A balance will be struck between recovery and healing to find, to live. True health. To trust in the spiral and that where I am right now is where I want most, is where I am meant to be. The captain of my sailboat navigating complicated waters until I find safe harbor again to where I can just be. The alphabet soup has become a jumble again. The never-ending word search that a prankster created, because all it contains is a jumbled mess of letters spewing out nonsense. It has gone cold. The tomato soup has turned sour. The grilled cheese is moldy and hard. The whole meal has sat for too long. It was just a minute. It only lasted for a minute. And now it's gone again. The trick of the synapses. The soupy mixture of perfect pH, glucose, potassium, and magnesium the neurons bathe in might as well be in a pressure cooker for all the sense it makes now. Cleverness is the only thing I really have to rely on. And it's quiet now. Not the kind of a snowfall where the world falls into a hush of bliss where you can hear a pin drop, the heartbeat of a field mouse asleep in its den. No. The voices that stop clamoring for attention, for expression into the world, are replaced with a buzz of power lines on a hot summer day in Arkansas or Nebraska when dry temperatures are well over a 100. Just droning on, Drowning everything else out. The depth of pain showing not just three eyes, but five. Hormones rage as my body slips from menstruation into follicular. Something is missing. 
another vital nutrient to find, leaving me open to all the trauma stored deep within my cellular memory. Atoms so quirky, they give Einstein a run for his money. A slow sense of nausea begins to creep in, and all I want is tea and chocolate, maybe with a touch of life mixed in. I am at the center of it all. No, scratch that. That's not really me there. My symptoms and these injury recovery processes that have taken way too long and now this grief, they are at the center of it all. And my anger runs the outskirts like Saturn's rings. That I can't just escape to the countryside and feel the wind on my face. My freedom. To have no other care in the world than to feel the beauty of its wild places. Instead, it's always some set of four walls. My adventure lost and the scream stifled in my throat. I was an owl once, a dragon, an ibis, a huntress, and the moon. I have flown into the vast expanse. I have seen everything and nothing. I have fallen off the cliff and into the ocean, unable to fly, fear holding me back. I've been swallowed whole by the darkness. I have become my golden light bright again in the morning yoke of the sun. Sadness hits in waves, spirals back on itself, like the path of the big fat bumblebee's lazy flight through the garden. Mom said I was like a butterfly, flitting here and there from flower to flower with no real sense to make of it. I remember the dead mouse I found in a farm spring trap one summer. Grandma told me to take it outside and not to touch it. Its fur was so soft I couldn't resist, and then the feel of the cold chill of farmhouse water and the smell of the soap she would always buy, the luxurious scent at odds with the farmhouse. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. You can continue to show your support by making a small donation or becoming a monthly paid subscriber. Click on our website link to join our artist community in the Mighty Network app. Thank you again, and until next time, this has been Isabella and Mr. Figgles at Dandelion Roots. Mm-hmm.